Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at Well, I'm here today for uh, part two. Uh, how many were, were here last week? Okay, how many were not here last week? That's fine. What I would suggest you do, you go and check out the podcast because this message won't make complete sense unless you hear last week's. I can't redo last week's. Amen? So, here we go. I stepped on a few toes last week. Hopefully the uh, devil's toes. I'm titling this message today, The War of the Worlds, or The War of the Kingdoms. Today, as we're, we're in, this, uh, in this world, God has placed us here. You have been sent for such a time as this. You're here because God decided you would be here. You, 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 you're not here in the Middle Ages. You're not here in pioneer times. You're here today. Therefore, God has a, has a mission for you. I believe we are in times that we're going to see the power of God like we've never seen before. Bob and Steve, good to see you today. All have passed away, but she's with Jesus. And uh, we had a great service this week. So, Bob, good to see you. I want to talk to you just, uh, just for a few minutes about the church's entrance and then what happened over the ages. I'm a historian, so I, I dig deep because the devil uses the same M.O. all the time. He's not creative. God's creative. After Christ entered the scene, as we mentioned last week, and, and he established his church in the, in the, uh, after Jesus Christ came, cultures and civilizations were turned upside down. Within a year and a half of Jesus' ascent to heaven, the entire world was turned upside down. And entire nations became Christian. It was so dramatically different from the pagan cultures. And it basically set the world free from satanic domination. The world changed. I mentioned this this last week. Life became sacred. Women were also sacred and were, were treated as equals. That had never occurred before. The poor and the weak who were created in the image of God were honored and blessed and ministered to. The poor and the rich were treated as equals. Every life was valuable in God's eyes. Sexuality was to be treated as a, as a sacred gift, to be honored and kept in, sacred, in the sacred vessel of marriage. Children were lo- no longer mistreated and abused. In fact, in the Middle Ages, or even before Jesus Christ came, life was terrible for children. Rulers could no longer claim the authority of being God (laughs) because God is God. 
Jesus comes on the scene. The lame walk, the blind receive sight, lepers are healed. The Greek word for that is ekbala, which means to expel, to reject, to cast out, to send away. That's what Jesus does. He casts out all demonic forces. Jesus encountered demonized people and cast out the demons. And that same ability of Ekbala was given to his disciples and they did the same thing. The gospel, the word of God, began to clash with the demonic forces. It was the clash of the worlds. It was the war of the worlds. The war of the kingdoms. There's only two kingdoms. It's good and evil. And there's good and evil all around us, but I'm telling you, the good wins. But what happened to all those demonic forces and ancient gods of these cultures? You see, they don't die. One day they will be cast into the, into the, the, the depths of, of hell. But what happened to them? Well, let's discuss that. And, and in doing so, let's, let's see what God would say. I used a parable last week. I'm going to read it again out of Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest, speaking of the spirit. And he finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation or with the times that you live. Here's the spiritual principle here that we need to understand. The, this parable is not talking just about individual possession, but about the possession of a culture, a nation, and, a, and a, a civilization. Think of it in national Western civilization terms. Those spirits that were cast out in order that Western civilization would come into being, they didn't die, they just roamed the dry places, the desolate lands. They dwelt in the shadows in exile. They found no rest until they found an opportunity to repossess. And that's what they do. Spirits cast out of Western civilization found no rest, no other civilization to possess, and now they seek to re-enter a nation, culture, America. But spirits, I mentioned this last week, spirits can, can come back only if the house is unoccupied. Empty, left open, swept clean, the doors open. Then it says the original spirit comes back sev with seven spirits that are even worse than himself. And the only way these spirits could return is if a nation or civilization turns away from God, turns away from his word, from the gospel, and from Jesus. If so, then that which drove the spirits out will no longer be there to protect from their return. Now, you have to understand, are you with me? Yeah. If the gods that were cast out with the coming of Christianity returned, wouldn't they come back with a vengeance? And wouldn't they focus on those who cast them out? The believers. Wouldn't they come to cast out Christianity from Western civilization? They would come to wage war on those who wage war on them and cast them out. Against the spirit of God, against the word of God, the ways of God, the house of God, and the people of God. God is their hatred. So just as they were driven to the margins and to the shadows, they would now seek to drive the Christian to the margins. The shadows, the closets, the catacombs of modern culture. And these demonic forces have been silenced by the word of God. So now they would seek to silence the word of God and the Christians who stood on the word of God. 
Just as they saw laws enacted against them, they would now work to have laws enacted against the believers, against Western nations that would encroach on Christianity. It's, it's worship, it's churches and ministries. They would come against them. It was the young in ancient times. Now, this is, this is interesting. It was the young in ancient times who had undone them through their, their belief in Jesus Christ. If you go back, there was a revival of young people after Jesus Christ left. So upon the satanic realm's re-entry and return, guess what they would do? They're going to seek to overcome the young. I keep telling you, it's all about seed. Now, I say all this today to give you information because we don't want to give glory to any demonic force. We want to give glory to God. But you better know, the Bible says, don't be ignorant of his devices. All I'm trying to do is give you an understanding of his devices. Then we're going to see how to overcome his devices. So what they would do is they would come and remove prayer and scripture where? From the schools. That's where they went. They went to the schools. I, and again, I told you this last week. When I was a kid in grade school, we read the Bible and we prayed. We had a 22-word prayer that we said. I told that to Lou Engle a few years ago, who's the, a great prayer, personal friend of mine, great man of God, who, who had young people in front of the of Supreme Court for years praying that Roe v. Wade would be overturned. And guess what? It was. But he designed a 22-word prayer to replace the one that we took out of school. He wrote it. and He, he called me and said, Ken, I did it. I wrote it. And they began to pray that, that prayer daily. So these entities would, would re-enter to attempt to gain control over the young. They would do it through the media, TV, the internet, and through the classroom. The children would increasingly be taught to reject Christianity and despise biblical values so that the, the ways of God would become alien to them. There's people now that don't even, haven't even heard the name of Jesus in America. But at the same time, the gods would attack the transmission of the Christian faith from parent to child and from teacher to student in Christian schools and universities. Now, I actually went back and looked in history. This is exactly what happened in, in uh, the cultures around the world before Jesus Christ was here. And then the attempt even afterwards. These demonic forces would now seek to cut off the young from the Christian faith. I call it the Dark Trinities War. Last week, we talked about three, three gods that have come against Western civilization. The first one was Baal. Baal was a warrior. The second one was Molech. He was a murderer. He's the one that promotes abortion. And Ishtar was both a warrior and executor of vengeance for in the area particularly of sexuality. Ishtar was the goddess of sexuality, gender crossing, and war. Age-old biblical standards and values concerning sexuality, marriage, and gender were discarded and replaced overnight with pagan ones. Christians were told they would have to comply. Now, you, you have to, this happened earlier. I'm telling you what happened earlier. See if it applies today. Christians were told they would have to comply with the new morality by force of law, and if they refused or voiced disagreement, they would now be subject to serious consequences. Job loss, boycott of their business, deplatforming, defunding, prosecution, or other punishments. 
Christians were placed on trial, and this has happened in America. Christians were placed on trial for the crime of quoting the Bible. And these trials were almost always concerning sexuality and gender. The working of the goddess Ishtar, who was Ashtaroth. In the ancient times of the Christians, they waged war against them to silence them, imprison them, and brutally murder them. Now in modern times, as the West began de-Christianizing and re-paganizing the demonic forces, could once again set the culture against the Christians, which is what they're trying to do. And now they had powers unavailable to them in ancient times. Now they have mass media, social media, and the World Wide Web. But we do too. They can portray Christians' dissent from sin as intolerance and hate-mongering. Have you noticed that? Anybody who stands for a biblical value is, is portrayed as intolerant or, or hate-mongering. Christian virtues would be despised, and for the, for the first time in 2,000 years, we now find ourselves in America in a pagan civilization. These ancient gods and demonic forces had a score to settle against the believers. And the goddess Ishtar, this is fascinating. Are you still with me? The goddess Ishtar stole the emblem of the rainbow from God for the purpose of executing vengeance. You've seen the rainbow. It's not been in church. It was a sign of war against God. The goddess always takes what belongs to others and uses them for herself. The rainbow belonged to God. Now we're talking about a, a demonic force here. The rainbow belonged to God. If, if you read Revelation, the rainbow's around the throne. Did you know that? It's around the throne. It's a part of the glory that surrounds God's throne. But she transformed the sign of God into a sign of defiance against the ways of God. A banner of war. Baal, known as king of the gods and lord of the earth, lord, owner, master, he would, he would seek to master and own others. In ancient Israel, it was through a spirit of tolerance and openness that Baal gained entrance. This happened in ancient Israel. Remember what I said last week. There's two nations that were established by God in a foundation, Israel and America. So as it went in Israel, so it might go in America. It was in ancient Israel, it was through a spirit of tolerance and openness that Baal gained entrance. He went through the door. The proverb I read to you. But once his worship and cult became widespread, then the tolerance would come to an end. Have you noticed that? You're not talking about tolerance anymore. There was no tolerance or compromise and anything that now stood in his way was to be eliminated because he was God. He would use all means at his disposal to overcome God's people and God's ways. They would be branded as troublemakers, agitators, and enemies of the state. That's what you're branded now. When the gods were seeking to get into the American house and Western civilization, the focus was on openness and tolerance, but it was never really about that, but only the means to gain entrance. It was their way of getting a nation and people to abandon their values for something new, something foreign. So once they got into the house, they had to close the door. Now, what happened? A chill came over free speech. Boy, this is getting quiet in here. A chill came over free speech. Now, everything you see politically, it isn't political. It's spiritual. 
the product and the working out of it is a spiritual entity. So you have to understand this. So don't get, uh, and I'm going to tell you in a few minutes how we overcome this. But we have to understand that this is the, this is the way of the enemy. No one was free to challenge free speech in this whole entity. So as in the days of Baal in ancient Israel, so it was in America and is in America. Earlier tolerance would be replaced by a new enlightened intolerance. It would manifest as political correctness, wokeness, and then cancel culture, and you just come against everybody that doesn't agree with you. Every word outside the wokeness view would be subject to judgment and censure. This is, this is the plan of the enemy. I'm just giving you the whole story here. In ancient Israel, Baal used kings and queens such as Ahab and Jezebel, the powers of state. That's how he intimidated. But now he can employ other things, technology, social media, the internet to stamp out and cancel opposition. Have you noticed that's where it's coming from? It had now turned into a culture of oppression, a cancel culture. The modern leaders of Silicon Valley we're now willing to comply with this new directive, the directive of Baal. Then Ishtar and Molech are unleashed. Molech means king and he would seek his own kingdom. He would use the abortion industry and the extreme and radically woke as his instruments. Ishtar also sought domination. And since she was the goddess of war, any lack of homage or submission would be met with deadly results. So anyone who refused to go along with her altering of sexuality, marriage, and gender would suffer her fury. And cultures that once espoused virtues of freedom and tolerance would suddenly espouse the virtues of intolerance. Stay with me. Free speech turned into the suppression of free speech. It was an, what we see as a new totalitarianism. People are, are trying to figure out how this all came in natural spiritual or, phys or physical and political terms, but really it's spiritual. Yeah. It was a new totalitarianism by Baal, Moloch, and Ishtar. Birth of these ancient demonic forces and bring about a new dominion. You see, our, <laughs> if you go back to Genesis chapter one, do you know what God said to us? He gave us a mandate. He says, be fruitful and multiply. He said, be fruitful and multiply and take dominion take dominion. Because if you don't take dominion, not in yourself, but by, by the representatives of God, because we are the body of Christ, we are the voice of God on the earth. If we don't take dominion, other gods will. Wow. And those who upheld the ways of God and followed God's word were always targeted. Even those who have been used in earlier times and and weren't radical enough for them, or evil enough, were disposed of. In other words, those who were sort of given to this area in earlier times, now if they're not radical enough, the enemy disposes of them as well. Early Nazism and communism called them useful idiots. I'm just giving you history, people. What happens is they devour their own children. And once the gods gained dominion, they demanded that every knee bow to them. Have you, have you noticed this? That the gods of the world want our knee to bow to them. 
much like the three Hebrew children. Now in modern times, I'm almost done with this part. You need to catch this. Now in modern times, the demonic forces with their newfound dominion and totalitarianism moved upon government and corporate organizations to force their employers to attend and employees to attend indoctrination sessions into their ways of wokeness and the new codes of ethics. Corporations are demanding. It's just a spirit. They, ex they expel students and professors for affirming male and female. And not the many gender identity that the enemy is trying to do. They force parents to transition their children. They brought lawsuits against shopkeepers for refusing to violate their faith. Now, and they, and they made many bow to the sign of the rainbow. Although it all seems strange to us, this phenomenon was ancient and these gods were just doing what they had done in ancient times. Not rest until every knee bowed. These gods promised that in exchange for abandoning God, they would usher in a culture of freedom. But instead, they had ushered in a culture in which every knee, word, and thought was forced to bow down for them. The spirits now inhabited all these areas I mentioned last week. Government chambers, corporate boardrooms, college campuses, courtrooms, television, moving computer screens, music, popular culture, youth culture, children's culture, and every part of American society. The new totalitarianism was a sign that the gods had achieved their dominion and they had successfully transformed the Christian civilization into a pagan one. But I have some good news for you. God always wins. Now, watch this. Wow. It was the nature of God's to bring destruction. John 10.10, 10, steal, kill, destroy. Their worship always involved altars. Their altars in, always involved blood. Mostly the blood of children. That was the demand and the price of following them. And those who followed Baal would engage in acts of self-destruction. If you look at the Old Testament, the priests, the priests of Baal, Ishtar, and Molech would always slash themselves. You ever watch that? Now, I mean, maybe you haven't read in scripture read recently, but they would always slash themselves. Go to, to 1 Kings chapter 17 and look at Elijah as he, as he addresses the prophets of Baal. And the prophets of Ishtar spilled their own blood in the goddesses' processions. The worshipers of Molech offered up as blood sacrifices their own flesh and blood in the form of their children. These demonic forces destroyed their own and then they celebrate their own destruction. How did they cause their followers to destroy them, themselves? Well, they simply removed the purpose and meaning of life. If life has no purpose, then it proceeds toward death and destruction. The lives of children can then be disposed of and sacrificed. By removing purpose, now listen to this carefully, by move, removing purpose from sexuality, then it can be repurposed into any direction and it will stop producing life and will give birth to death. Everything is open. If they can remove man from manhood and woman from womanhood, it will bring about destruction, the disintegration of family, society, and lives, and the gods would remove the nation's reason for exist existing, and it will cease to exist. For the purpose of life can only be found in the one who created it, God. So, watch this. The powers of the gods can only become overcome by the power of God. We're not going to overcome this thing that's inhabited our nation through political legislation, although we need to have good legislation, but that's not the answer. Elohim is the answer. The word Elohim is plural. 
And it speaks of the one true God and his transcendence and his limitlessness. If we're not filled by Elohim, we will end up being filled by the Elohim of the gods of demon culture. All the gods of the world are cheap substitutes for the one true God, Elohim. That's why Ephesians 2.12 says, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's what happens when you don't serve God. And we in this pagan world are set free through a specific name, the name of Jesus. The Lord is salvation. There had never been one among the gods like Jesus of Nazareth. There had never been one among the gods with a message so holy centered on so radical a love. There had never been one among the gods who had told his disciples and followers that they were to love even their enemies and forgive those who persecuted them. There had never been one among the gods who was called the friend of sinners. No, nor had there been one who, who had so loved and reached out to the outcast, the rejected, the broken, and the lost. No one had ever said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one had said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus also had an altar. Instead of demanding that he be given a sacrifice, he alone gave his life as his sacrifice. Instead of taking life, he gave life. He gave his life so that life would be given to the world to all who would receive it. Jesus died on Passover, the date the children of Israel were set free free from the gods of Egypt. Those are the same gods I'm talking about. The gods of Egypt were brought into judgment and the people of God were set free from their bondage. And we know the result of those gods, they were all banished in the Red Sea. So it is no accident that Jesus died on Passover. For it is by that sacrifice that the powers and strongholds of the gods are broken. And those who were enslaved are set free. He was the antidote to all the ancient gods. For to him belonged the power to cast out the spirits and set free the possessed. He sets free individuals and he sets free nations and he sets free civilizations. No matter how deep the darkness, the evil or the odds, the light of God will always be greater still. The satanic kingdom and ancient God's kingdom will end. Their days are numbered. And those who have stood for the light who have lived their lives by the light and who have believed in and hoped for and waited for the light. And and then the light will come and in that light they will rise and shine. And to them will come the kingdom in which there is no more darkness, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death. God wins and the ancient gods lose. That's where we're at. It has already started. The altar of the gods has already been, the initiation has begun. Roe v. Wade was cast down. was overturned. That was the first altar to be overturned. There are more coming. And we have to, we have to do a few things. We have to understand that I'm going to, it's almost like uh, we need to be like the prophets of old. I I began to recount all the stories of the Old Testament. Elijah addressing 850 prophets of Baal and how he addressed them. How he simply 
said a simple prayer. They spent all day cutting themselves and calling out to their gods and no fire came down from heaven. And then Elijah simply said, oh, go ahead and put some water on the altar. Go ahead, soak it. Now that was interesting because it was a time of drought. So they were, they were taking valuable, something valuable out of their nation and putting it on that. Now, and it wasn't Elijah that was putting water in the altar. It was the prophets of Baal. They doused it with water over and over and again. And Elijah simply called on God. Fire came from heaven. Read it in 1 Kings 17. Fire came from heaven. Consumed the altar. And then, guess what happened? The prophets of Baal were cast out. Elijah didn't have to do anything. You know what happened? Now think about this. All of Israel was watching this. These gods of of ancient times in the present or in the being represented by these priests. When Israel saw what happened during Ahab and Jezebel's time, they said, you're false prophets. We gave up our children because you said we were two. Guess who chased the prophets? It wasn't Elijah. It was the parents of all those who had been lied to and had sacrificed their children on the altars to Molech. Think about it. And today, the same thing is happening. We've been fed lies. But I'm telling you, God is going to rise. And the Elijahs of the earth will decree and declare. All Elijah did was said, Father, it's just a simple prayer. Come down and consume the altar. And fire came down from heaven. Not much unlike what happened in Josiah's day. You see, if you have revival, you've got to overturn the, the altars of the ancient gods. And it's already started through Roe v. Wade. Josiah had the same thing. He found out that they, hadn't been, they haven't been celebrating the Passover. He tore his clothes. He was in, ash, in, in sackcloth and ashes. And he demanded that they cast out all altars of Baal. And they had revival. Daniel, if you, if you read all these stories, it's just amazing. Daniel went before the king, interpreted the king's dream, and Daniel was honored. The, the three Hebrew children, they wouldn't bow. Listen, if you stand for God, God will stand for you. And they were thrown into that fiery furnace, but they came out with the Son of God with them. Daniel was victorious in the lion's den. Why was he so victorious all the time? Well, the Bible tells us he's, he spent three times a day praying at his window. And boy, the, the gods don't like that. Belshazzar, this is all during the book of Daniel. Belshazzar, who was a descendant from Nebuchadnezzar, remember the writing on the wall? Writing on the wall says, You've been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Therefore, this night, your kingdom is removed from you. Basically what happened. Daniel went in there and said, oh, yeah, that, hand, that says this. And within hours, the enemy had been overcome. Can I tell you this? In one day, God is going to overcome everything. It's gonna, he, it only takes a day. It only took a day for those for Elijah, only took a day for Daniel, only took a day for Josiah, only took, you know, it's just a day. God will come and he will overcome and, and he will set things right. 
That's why I think Matthew chapter 16, 18, and 19 was made for, for this day. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm telling you, we, we have a God who is an, a mighty God who will overcome and he will, who will give us victory. I'm, I'm looking for victory, but he's asking, he's inquiring of his church to be prepared and to, and to come and, and uh, reign with him and work with him. That's why I, I, uh, this weekend I was studying and I came up with, a, with an acronym, PAL. PAL, P-A-L. Pray, act, and love. The church has got to start praying. But it's, it's a different kind of a prayer. We've got to learn to pray like God wants us in this day. In other words, we've got to, because we're kings, we've got to start speaking like a king. When we pray, we must pray as a king. I'm going to do this with you in just a few minutes. We must pray as a king. What does a king do? He doesn't beg. He just simply declares. He declares the word of God. And we represent God himself. And so we must understand that, that in this, we're going we're gonna to see powerful things happen. We need to join with Jesus in a Matthew 16, 18 prayer declarations and decrees that will overcome the enemy. We become too passive and silent. We must declare what God has declared. We must go to the oldest book in the Bible. Do you know what the oldest book in the Bible is? It's not Genesis. It's Job. Job 22, 28 says, you will decree a thing and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways. You will decree a thing. You will decree it and it will be established for you and, and light will shine on your ways. I'm here to tell you today that I think God is, is attempting to get us to start decreeing prayers. Prayer is decreeing a purpose that God has already made so. We are in a season when clearly we need to do the, will, the word of God. We need to declare it. The world is divided and crumbling. The world that most of us knew growing up is coming apart at the seams. But I'm telling you, God is here to activate the Christian. And we're, he's here to reactivate our civilization and bring the power of God once again. Favor of, and decrees of faith go hand in hand. You will pronounce something to be and God will make it so. That's why I, uh, Connie and I, our whole life, you know, every day we would, we would decree over the children, Chris, Rochelle, and Tracy, every day, I declare, I, I put a demand on you, you will, I bind you to the will of God, I decree that you will follow God. Every day we would say that with their name. We still do it. Now we just add the grandchildren. Now we just add all of you. We decree and declare daily over the church. We decree it. Wait, I don't, I don't beg God. I know what his will is. I know what his will is. The problem in our culture in America as believers though, we walk on the border of hell and heaven. In other words, we get as close to hell as we can without, without going in. But God wants us to get over here. God wants us to start decreeing and declaring, to be participants in his will and purpose, to bind and loose, as it says in, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 16 and 18 and 19. I believe we're going to see some, some of the most powerful things we've ever seen in the course of the next, I, watch this week, watch next week. 
And we're going to do this in just a minute. I'm going to have you all join with me in, in doing this. The word for decree is the word gazar. And it means to decide and to purpose. It means to divide or sever or to cut off. Gazar is the word used at the Red Sea. It says the Red Sea was cut off. Moses stood in front of the Red Sea and he spoke with authority. The church has got to learn to speak with authority, not in us, but in God, in Christ Jesus. He used kingly language. We've got to start talking in kingly language. He used kingly language to put the dominion mandate into an activated form. A bold command. He raised the rod of authority and he spoke kingly language. He said to the sea, separate, open, divide. It happened. Remember, he says, you shall decree a thing and it will be established. It's done. And then notice this. You will decree a thing. The word thing isn't a good interpretation, but it means to speak to voice words, to voice promises, or to speak words of commands. You shall decide and give orders of declaration and they will be established to you. God will make them so. Oh man, I love this. If you can't catch this today, I don't know what to do. This is so clear to me. It's just like God is opening up. And we as believers have stood too long in, in a begging formation. We need to be kings and decree and declare. Yes, there's time for intercession. Yes, there's time for, for the, the, the prayer that comes out of our, our heart and deep within our heart. But Moses says that what you purpose, you must put into words of command, decree them and speak them, and they will be established unto you. Speak like a king in the king's lineage. In other words, in Jesus' name, sever and cut off hell. Sever and cut off, cut off the attacks of hell with your bold words of authority. Command demons to go. Command them. Don't, you don't have to ask them. Tell them to go. Command healing to come. Command harvest to come. Command revival to come. If we know it's God's will. Command awakening to come. Speak with authority. Use king language. <laughs> oh, it's so I, boy, amen, Pastor Ken. I really like what you're speaking on today. Oh. Now, the first thing is pray. I've just talked about that. The next thing is we have to act. You have to do what God puts in your heart. You, aren't, you shouldn't be quiet about being a believer. We need to become salt and light. Salt and light, salt preserves. It's kind of underneath the surface, but just your presence. I'll, I'll tell you what would happen. In Washington, D.C., this always happened. I, I keep telling you this. I would walk into a senator's room or a congressman's room. I would walk in, but I always knew that I was the king's representative. So I had authority. I would walk in and say, Sir, we would like to come in and just spend a few minutes with you. And we want to pray for you and thank you for your service to the nation. We pray without doubt, God comes. Because we come in and declare and decree. And God would set it up. And the hardest of hearts are not any match for God's spirit. And every time, every time something powerful happened. We've got to act like that in our, in our belief. You're not, it's, it's not in and of yourself. You're not going in with, with, with proud, you know, confidence. You're going in the confidence of the Holy Spirit. And then thirdly, so we pray, we act. You got to act in ways that God tells you to, like, for instance, what Daniel's doing with the neighborhood. That's great. I mean, that's, 
What is he doing? He's acting on God's will to rep, to actually represent the kingdom to those who were less fortunate. And that's what the Bible says to do. And then we have to, what he, what he's doing, what we're doing, we have to love. We must act in love to care for the world. We're not here to protest. (laughs) I mean, we can do certain things and, oh, did you see what happened this week? Did you see what happened? We've been praying. I actually sent a little message to our senators this week. Did you see what happened? They delayed the vote on the vote in the Senate, the the federal Senate in Washington, D.C., on voting on extending marriage uh, life to the homosexual. In other words, they delayed it. They said, we're not going to vote on it. We, we don't think we got the votes. I wrote my congressman, or my senators, say, guys, you got to change this. You do not vote for this. Do not vote for the extension of marriage outside of male and female, husband and wife. So guess what happened this week? They shut it down. You see, here, watch this. Now, you may, well, you think, well, that's political. Oh, no, that's spiritual. I tell my guys who know me, hey, don't do that. We've got to, we got to leverage our influence spiritually. And we have to tell them what God wants. Amen? Are, are you with me? So we are, we are here to act upon God's love for us and love the world. And I'm here to tell you once again, there is no darkness, there's no bondage, there's nothing equal to God's love that can deliver you. Nothing. Nothing can overcome the power of God's love. So we're going to do something in just a minute. You got to follow me. I felt a few minutes ago that there were several here, and I want I want I want to do this right now. That several that you have been you have been bound by an addiction, or you've been bound by you just feel the enemy has not allowed you to to flourish. It may just be a lack of flourishing. You you the enemy has somehow come against you and and restricted you from being fully believing, fully fully Christian, fully flourishing, and God wants to set you free today. There's nothing to, uh, that, that's, that, that can overcome God's power. And God's power will come and deliver you. He says, he will, he will set the captive free. This is the day that God's going to, we're going to see it time after time. People are going to start running in the, in the back doors and say, I need to be free. I need to, I need to be set free. Would you pray for me? I'm here to pray for you today because I believe God is going to set you free. You're, you're a believer, but you're bound. I'm going to set you free. I believe that God's going to set you free today. So I want you to bow your heads right now in Jesus' name. Is there anyone like that today? You just need to be set free from something. Just lift your hand up right now. Come on, be bold. Lift your hand up right now. There's something coming against you. Keep your hand up. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare over everyone with their hand up by the power of the Holy Spirit, we now bind in Jesus' name and we loose the Spirit of God that's going to give you freedom and health and blessing and flourishing. I 
I cause that spirit that is hovering over you, I say you were bound in Jesus' name. You must leave now by the power of God. You have no place. You're trespassing. And in Jesus' name, I now send the word and you were free by the power of God. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Let your word be, be found powerful. I pray today that there would come a deliverance and a freedom and a health and a, and a grace upon these who have their hands lifted. No more will they be under the bondage of the, of the ancient gods, but they will be free in the power of the name of Jesus. No more binding. No more bondage. We loose you and we set you free in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Spirit, let the blood of Jesus now be issued forth in your life. In Jesus' name, come free. Come free. Come out and be blessed. In Jesus' name. Now, I felt that. And I'm telling you, God, that's all you have to do is just receive this by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, we're going to do something. Now, as, as the church, we, we've got to start. We've, listen, if we do what we've always done, we'll get what we've always gotten. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you know that. It's true. So if we're going to be a church of, of victory, we've got to step it up. You have to step it up. You have to do more in your prayer. You can't just play, pray, lay me down to prayer sleeps or, you know, lay me down to sleep prayers. You've got to start, you've got to start lifting up powerful prayers. It doesn't have to be long. I declare in Jesus' name. I do this when I'm driving. I see something that I think is not godly. I declare in Jesus' name. I bind that in Jesus' name and I lose the favor of God. I lose righteousness in this community. We need to do that. We need to say it. We need to decree it. I went to the football game yesterday. I mean, you see all kinds of things. And you're de decreeing and declaring, man. You see somebody walk by, I decree in Jesus' name. Come on, it's true. And then you go in community and you just see all this stuff. You need to have a verbal declaration. You can't think it, you gotta say it. We're, we're God's kids. We're his citizens. And I'm telling you, if we start doing this, we'll see this community. I, you know what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm praying. You still with me? I'm praying that the enemy stops, that, that God stops the enemy from crumbing across the border of Idaho. We're actually doing this on Wednesday nights. Now, watch this. So, we're, we're upping things. Last week, I handed a, a card out for you to, it looks like this. If you want to join, we're going to send, start sending out emails to you. This week, I don't know how many we had. Three or four hundred signed, filled out. Um, if you didn't get a chance to fill this out last week, the ushers have them. Just lift your hand right now. They'll, they'll give this to you. We'll start sending you decrees. We'll start sending you prayers. Just lift your hand and they'll give them to you right now if you'd like to be a part of this. And, and we're, we're going to do some other things. Tonight we're going to have worship night. But it's not just worship night. We're going to have prayer night. Right here, Dexter, right up here. Over there. And we're going to decree and declare and we're going to call on God. You see, you have to understand something. You say, well, Pastor Ken, why don't you just do it? <laughs> 
No. If one can put a thousand, two can put ten thousand, three can put a hundred thousand, four can put a million. And if there are five, six, seven, eight hundred of us, whoa, whoa. You see what happens? That's why you, you got to get to church and you got to voice what you, this is why we sing together. This is why we declare together. This is why we pray together. Because something happens. Even if you can't sing, say the words. Come on. Yeah, and some of us can't sing, Mike. Yeah. But, but what we do is we declare it. We, we say it out loud. Absolutely. You say the words that the worship team, I thank God for the worship team. Yeah. But we got to join with them. Because what, see what happens in worship? Worship breaks open the heavens for the word to come. And then we decree and declare the word and there's an opening to plant it. And so tonight we're doing, we're doing a worship night. We're going to pray. We're going to declare. We're going to decree. And then on Wednesday night, from Wednesday nights, we're doing a 215 night. 215 is our room in the back room. We're going to call it a war room. 215. We're going to, we're going to meet this Wednesday at 6 o'clock from 6 to 7, and we're going to pray. We're just, one hour, we're just going to pray. If you can come, join us, because I need as many of you, of you there as possible. And we're going to decree and declare. And, you know, it's funny, because this, this whole idea of not allowing the enemy to come into the borders of Idaho... Years ago, I think I, I mentioned this story. Years ago, Steve, uh, our, our, uh, our senator, Steve Sims, they said to him, they asked him the question, well, as a senator in Idaho, what do you do with those spotted owls? He turned to him and said, oh, we shoot them at the border. Oh. <laughs> now, that's a joke, people. It wasn't, see, he wasn't serious, but he was, he was telling you an interesting spiritual principle. Let's stop him at the border. So you know what we do on Wednesday nights? We get in the shape of Idaho. And we decree and declare into, into Idaho, stopping at the border. Yeah. Come on, people, we got to do things that will, I believe Idaho is going to be a, a key state. That's going to, that's going to, you know, be an example for all the other states to, to, to do. Do you know when we first came, I'm sorry, I just like to tell stories. When we first came out here in 1993 and built this church, we occupied in 1994, there were no churches. The, you know, build it and they will come. Isn't that, a script, isn't that in the scripture someplace? <laughs> We built the house of God. We began to pray. All of a sudden, churches popped up all over the place. Just down the street. Tree City Church. Just down the street. There was just all these churches started coming. I said, that's, that's good. That's what we prayed for. We pray God's influence in Meridian and Eagle. We need to declare and decree. Amen? Still with me? Yes. I hope you caught something today. Yes, yeah. See, I'm, I'm challenging you to upgrade your spiritual prayer, your spiritual, your personal spiritual atmosphere. We got to do things we've never done before. So I'm asking you to join corporately. Something happens corporately. That's right. So fill this out, turn it in. And then we're going to send you, we're going to send you so you can decree things at home. You can, you can declare them around your house. 
and you just, you know, something comes against you in this, we're going to do it in every area for your children, for your business, for your, you just start to, come on people, we got to start taking authority in Jesus' name. We're king's kids, we're the king's lineage. So we need to do it. Okay, I got, I want you to stand. Would you do this? Uh, Studio, put the one, put the declaration on that I mentioned to you, the corporate. We're going to say this together. And then I want you to come out. We're going we're gonna to wor- worship the best worship thing you got today, whatever that was, okay? <laughs> okay, we're going to say this together. It's, it's not just one page. It'll keep going. Okay? I want to get it out here so I don't miss anything. Okay, here we go. Let's say it together. Lord, let your surge begin on the earth. Let a functioning kingdom aligned with you begin to move through our nation. Come to us in greater manifestations of your glory. Let the ecclesia arise in power and authority to help usher in your glory through our prayers and decrees. Make your stand with us as you have promised. As kings in Jesus Christ's lineage who have been given authority, we declare There will now come a reversal of evil in our land that has polluted our nation. Release thousands and thousands of angels to go into every city, every county, every courthouse, and every capital in our nation and remove the evil pollution that has plagued our country. No more temporary fixes. No more covering it up. Cut it out. Do deep surgery on this nation, O God. Release angelic hosts to help push back darkness so that light can shine. Do what is necessary to remove infection and poison that goes into the muscle and the soul of this nation. Shake this nation to its core. Shake it, Lord, to where there is no more covering it up. Heal it. Do whatever it takes to heal it. Let your church awaken. Awaken your people by the millions to make a stand right now to raise their voice and decree their authority, their faith, and their confidence in you. Cause an historic shift that will be written about in history, the time when you establish this nation back to its original covenant roots. In the name of our King Jesus, release the angels of heaven under Holy Spirit anointing and leadership to destroy tactics of Haman in the media and government. Turn it back on them. What is meant for destruction? Hang them in their own vices. Hang them from gallows they meant for your people. Cut off hell's attack. We forbid it in Jesus' name. We close the door to powers of darkness over Washington, D.C. We close the door to the powers, the demon princes of hell, in the name of Jesus. We say the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. Lord, remove the infection. We declare a reversal. Excuse me. We declare a reversal of the prescription of hell for this nation. A reversal of the prescription of Haman for this nation. Expose the lies. Expose the liars. Expose the corruption. Expose the deceit. We declare that America will return to you. We will return to our first love. Your people will return to their first love. Those who have drifted from you, shake them up. Do whatever it requires. Expose attitudes and character. Expose lack of integrity. We declare the greatest days of resurrection power and healing are now being released. We declare a restoration of great hope is being infused in the ecclesia of Jesus Christ and into the people of God. 
We declare your kingdom is coming and coming and coming. Come with your angel armies and assist your people in releasing revival in America and throughout the world. We now rise in the power of the Holy Spirit through the blood of the Lamb to bind powers of darkness who seek to shut down and rule over the church. We decree that you will not rule us. You are forbidden from ruling over us. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Let the ruling kingdom of God go forth to conquer. We choose to rule and reign with Christ. We will not allow fear to overtake us. We have not been given the spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. We will not be intimidated by Hamans in the media, the government, or anywhere else. We answer only to you, God. Strengthen us, Lord, to be courageous and make our stand. Give us boldness to stand, and having done all to continue standing. Release your kingdom, roar this nation, back to its original covenant roots in Jesus' name. Whoa! You just, you just prayed. You just declared, decreed. Do you think God heard that? You better believe it. And the angels who have been sent to help us heard it. They're all over this room today. And we're going to release them to go into Idaho and to change this land. Lift your hands now. We seal this word. We seal these declarations. We seal these decrees by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. We thank you for your anointing now. Let the blood of Jesus be appropriated to us. Hide us in Christ and let us exude the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that we are in you and we declare victory today in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.